welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of The Crown on the application of Samuel Smith Old Brewery and North Yorkshire County Council. The citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 3. And this week, we will be making a return to planning law and thinking about what it means for an area to be open. By this, we don't mean literally open as in the public can visit, but rather that an area has the quality of openness. The context for this term comes from the National Planning Policy Framework, which is a document that sets out the government's policies in respect of planning across England. In particular, paragraph 90 of the framework at the time of this case stated that, quote, certain other forms of development are not inappropriate in the Greenbelt, provided that they preserve the openness of the Greenbelt and do not conflict with the purposes of including land in the Greenbelt, end quote. The form of development at the heart of this case is mineral extraction, and in particular the Jackdaw Crag Magnesian Limestone Quarry near the town of Tadcaster in North Yorkshire. Back in 2016, North Yorkshire County Council accepted an application by the owners of the quarry to expand the operation, but this was subsequently challenged by the respondents in this case. The ostensible issue was that the report produced by the planning officer was flawed in its analysis, because the discussion of openness did not consider the visual impact of expanding a quarry. On the surface, that seems like a pretty fundamental problem, but before we move on, we should hear about the report that was produced. This report did have a section within it entitled Landscape Impact, that noted the potential impact of the expansion on the landscape and the need for this to be mitigated so far as it was possible to do so. Furthermore, the objections raised by the respondents during the consultation stage were addressed in the final report. The question though was whether this was enough to deal with the concept of openness. For the High Court, it certainly was because, according to the judge, there was no need whatsoever to take the visual impact into account. The Court of Appeal disagreed and found in favour of the respondent because the planning officer's report failed to note that the visual impact was a relevant factor and should have formed part of the overall assessment. With this definition still proving elusive and causing issues, the case was appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. One of the things that you may have noticed flowing through the case so far is the apparent link between the idea of openness as described in the framework and the visual aspect of the landscape, which is something that features heavily in the case made by the respondent. However, given the context of the framework overall, it was held by the justices that the visual quality of a piece of land on the Greenbelt does not comprise a part of the definition of openness. If that is the case, then the obvious follow-up question to ask is what does openness actually mean then? For the justices, it is sort of the rural equivalent to urban sprawl, and so refers to the spread of buildings and their density within the Greenbelt, rather than how any buildings or developments actually look, or if they cause an eyesore. If this visual element does not form part of the framework, then the submission by the respondents is now a lot weaker. But it is not game over just yet, as we also need to ask whether the visual impact of the development was a material factor which, as a matter of law and policy, required direct consideration by the officer. Here, the respondents got off to a better start because the visual element is at least of some relevance. 
Having said that, it is something that is addressed by the planning officer's report, but we also need to ask whether that was enough. It is certainly not a factor that is given prominence, but the justices also held that the visual impact of the development is not significant enough for it to be a material consideration. This means that not doing so was not an error of law on the part of the planning officer, but was within their discretion as a professional evaluating the proposal. In the end, the appeal was allowed and the development of the quarry will go ahead. Overall, I don't think that we can say this is a surprising decision. The respondent brewery already had their chance to have a say at the consultation stage. They did this and their views were taken into account, but the final result did not go their way. That was unfortunate, but it is hard to say that the outcome was completely unjust or unreasonable. Sadly, the judicial review application feels more like sour grapes than anything else. However, that is not to say that this judgment from the Supreme Court that we have before us is imperfect by any means. I think that the hard distinction between openness and the visual landscape is far too simple and doesn't allow for much nuance. It does make a lot of sense that openness at its heart is about the density of developments within any given area, but it isn't exclusively about that either. The comparison with urban sprawl is problematic because on a fundamental level, the green belt is so called because the aim is to keep it as green as possible. Now there is a balance here because that doesn't preclude any development whatsoever, but you would be hard pressed to argue that greenness is not a key feature of the green belt. On a basic aesthetic level that implies a visual element and so it seems wrong for the justices to ignore it. That is not to say that it is or should be a major element, but it is something that should be taken into account. Indeed, it is given an appropriate amount of consideration by the planning officer, who makes a note of what visual impact there is, the necessity of doing everything possible to mitigate that impact, but then deciding on balance to allow the application. This seems like a perfectly reasoned approach that is as fair as can be, and so perhaps the real lesson from this case is that the justices of the Supreme Court should generally always seek to allow professionals to carry on their work with minimal interference on their part. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the UK Law Weekly podcast. Remember to check out the Facebook group for UK Law Weekly as well. We post new episodes on there and try and get discussions going and have uh, conversations about all of the various legal topics. So search for UK Law Weekly on Facebook and join us there. I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!